All right, all right, everybody. We got a special show today. Welcome to the Ed Fernandez Show. I've got, you know, this is a this is going to be a very interesting show. So I just got to warn some people, right? If you got a, you know, a queasy stomach or whatever, you know, you should take your kids out of the room. But I've got a special guest here that has become a friend of ours. Um, legit guy, Army Ranger. What is his uh, title? No. For 1031 crowdfunding. <laughs> no. Isn't he like... Director of... Director, director of, of... Security Operations. Director of Security Operations of 1031 Crowdfunding. We just gave him to yesterday, so I can't remember it. But I want to welcome to the show Jason Belford. Jason, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me, Ed. I'm, I'm so uh, blessed and, and honored to be here, you know, and the... Uh, the new title, you know, that's good. Uh, it's a good start to the next chapter. This guy's got his office now here. He's got laptop, you know, look at him. He's from Alabama. He looks like he lives in California, all bougie now. Man, it's amazing. It's yeah. amazing. God, so how's good. it been so far? Man, it's been amazing. Like, uh, I've never been here before, so it was, uh, it's a different. I had to go out and buy some new threads. And- <laughs> Sending my buddies pictures, like, hey, Dave, does this look all right? <laughs> Found out the other day that my uh, my casual is a lot different than your guys' casual, but I learned the hard way, so I've done that most of my life anyway, so we're good. Oh, you look good, though, man. You look good. So I want to kind of go through some things. So Jason, you know, he's been in the military for a long time, and I don't even know what these medals are, but I'm just going to, there's like 20 of them on here, and, you know, Bronze Star Medal, we've got Army Combination Medals, Joint Civil, uh, Service Achievement, Army Achievement Medals, National Defense Medals, Army Good Conduct, Afghanistan Campaign Medal, Global War uh, on Terror Service Medal. I mean, it goes on and on and on and on. And, and you know, I, I wouldn't know, you know, he's, you know, he, he's assigned to the 75th Ranger Regiment, 3rd Ranger Battalion, 1st Sergeant Belford served various positions in the 75th Ranger Regiment, and we can go on and on and on. So, you know, Jason, out of these medals, I mean, which ones are the ones that you would kind of say, this this means something to me? Well, Ed, I'd say, you know, they all kind of mean something to me in their own different way, you know, and uh, just honored to, to have them and have the opportunity to serve my country like I have. And um, you know, my bronze stars uh, were awarded to me in uh, uh, for combat service. You know, those those mean something to me. You know, uh, it's such an honor to receive a bronze star in in, in the military service. And you know, um, my uh, valor's award. You know, it means a lot to me. You know, kind of stands for you know you went above and beyond what your you know, your job was to do and okay. uh, to you know s- save. A comrade, or you know, a ranger buddy, or you know, a, a partner force. You know, okay, so, okay. Um, put your life on the line for somebody else's, and that's what it. That's what it all is about being a ranger. You know, is just the guy to your left and right, and knowing that no matter what you do, they're going to be there to do exactly what you would do to give their life for yours if that's what it costs. You know, I've I've got some notes here. You know, it, it looks like it says here you're the first sergeant with the 75th Ranger Regiment, Third Platoon. Battalion, sorry. And uh, looks like you did 12 deployments totaling 66 months in combat zones. That's like 5.6 years overseas in four different countries. If you had to, if you had to take in a war, I know it's going to be difficult for you to choose. But I'm sure there's a lot of stuff or stories behind the reasons for getting these awards. You know, if you had to pick one... Out, just out of the blue, what would that award be, and what was the reason for that award? <clears throat> you know, most people would probably pick their Valor's Award because you know they feel like they went above and beyond, and you know they got uh, they got awarded for you know doing something you know spectacular. But for me, I think it would probably be my Bronze Stars. Okay, uh, just because I was in a. Uh, you know, when I first Bronze Star I got, I was uh, a sniper doing um, 
some some pretty cool sniper stuff and what do you yeah. mean cool <laughs> sniper stuff? I want to know what that means. I mean, uh, shooting a gun is cool, <laughs> but I'm sure you're just not shooting the gun. No, you know, the, the cool thing about being a sniper special operations is uh, back in the day, um, we would get to the target. We'd get set up on the roof before the assault force would, uh, you know, blow the gate or blow the doors, and uh, we'd have the opportunity. We'd pretty much cancel Christmases, you know, before anybody else got into the gate. <laughs> <laughs> so all the guys in the assault force would be mad they walked for half a night <laughs> and that's nothing to do <laughs> and the snipers killed everybody in the courtyard <laughs> wow man so that so that was one of the bronze stars as far as being a sniper yeah you know getting that serv- you know for that service and then um, you know being a platoon sergeant in the 75th Range Regiment was one of the most prestigious jobs I, I was able to have you know you okay. you build a trust in a uh and companions and, and friends and, and guys that are literally willing to give their life for you, you know. And I, one of my tattoos um, says Du Bois there, and that stands for 2nd Platoon Alpha Company, 3rd Ranger Battalion, you know, and all mm-hmm. the leaders got that tattoo, you know. Okay. And we just, you just become such a strong bond that, you know, you're a task force in itself, and when, when the regiment sends you somewhere, like, they know that these... 45 to 50 rangers are going to do God's work, man, and we're going to bring it home. We're going to do everything we can to bring each other home. Okay. Just being leading those men into combat, there's nothing like, there's nothing in this world like running off the back of a 47 blacked out at night with 50 of America's most badass men ready to do God's work on your behalf. Wow, man. That is insane, huh? You know, knowing that they would literally give their life for years. Yeah. And, they they're there to, to work just as hard as you are and they trust you they've put their trust in you to bring them home and to do your job and do their job and uh, that that's probably my my next best one though okay well so you know the idea of the ed fernandez show is really to talk about life not just about money right and we're here to celebrate your life you know what you know what did jason end up doing for this country and what is the price did you pay? I mean, I'm sure you paid a price. And, uh, you know, this show right now is for all those vets out there, right? They go out there, they give their lives. You know, I got to say, you know, the, the federal government doesn't pay you guys anything to really do what you do. But then you, you give your whole life, right, to this cause and believe in the cause. You're not doing it for the money, right? You're doing it for the cause. And then to go out there, give your life, and then come back and have nothing, Right. And, and so this show is is about what did Jason do out there? What was the cause that you gave? Why did you believe so much in the cause? And then when you said, I'm done and you came home, what did you end up? What was life like then? So that's you know, that's how we're going to cover this show, because I want it. I want it to I want it to be hope for your brothers. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. All your brothers out there. You know, they, they go out and give their lives, they come back, and a lot of them don't have any hope. But here, we want to talk about, hey, there is, there's light at the end of the tunnel, man. There, there, there is hope mm-hmm. for you. So that, I think that's where I want to go with this, you know, if you're okay yeah, with yeah, that. You know, um, so, you know, hey, so tell me, what is the, um, you know, I'm just going to go off this because, you know, I'm not a military guy. I don't really know much about the military. I love shooting guns. I'm, you know, I'm a gun carrier and all that other stuff. But, you know, there's a whole other level up there, and that's where you come in. What does the first sergeant with the 75th Ranger Regiment mean? What does that mean? Well, <clears throat> to get to that position, you have to... Uh you have to go to selection first as a young private, you know, mm-hmm. and be selected to do that job. But to be to get to the level of first sergeant in, in the setting for the range regiments, um, you have to go back and reass- reassess as a, to be a platoon sergeant, and then you have to go back again, and you're being reassessed for your ability to be a first sergeant because every position has a different role, and every position takes on more rangers under your. Um, so the more rangers you have under your command. Uh, and this is a no-brainer, right? This is probably a stupid question. The more qualifications you have to go through for the trusting of these men's lives. That's right. And, okay. you know, you have to... The, the the best thing about regiment, what sets us apart from everybody else, is we're constantly being assessed. It's, okay. It is a job interview every day, seven days a week, How you, from your home life to your physical fitness, um, and to be a first aren't there, you know, it's very, it's a 
prestigious job. The only thing after a first sergeant is sergeant major, and there's only you know four or five of those in the regiment. So okay, um, so you're one of you know sixteen as a first sergeant and uh, throughout the regiment, and to uh, you have a whole company. You you have a, a what we call a ranger buddy or your commander that you you, you guys are a command team together, and you you know from everything from personal issues dealing with rangers all the way to dealing with casualties on the objective like first orange there for every bit of it okay um making sure that their uh all their affairs are in order when they deploy making sure that they're you know they have everything taken care of for their family and they're always living by our blue book and the ranger creed okay to continue to keep them uh on the right path to for development in their career and then if they're not developing their career and their platoon sergeants identified that, they bring it to the first sergeant and we assess them, I assess them. Or, and, you know, the thing about the regiment is if you're not performing, we can release you for standards. It's called RFS and okay. uh, send you back out. So to you got to you gotta constantly be like on your game. You can't just like think you're arrived, you've arrived and you're going to be on this, on this ranger team. Oh, you no. got to constantly be like, you know, because they're always, you guys are always checking to make sure, you know, they're tight. I'm sure you're getting checked to make sure you're tight, right? And you said something. What is a Ranger Creed? Making sure that these guys are living by the Ranger Creed. What is that? Uh, the Ranger Creed is, you know, what we define ourselves by, what we live by, you know. Uh, I'll move further, faster, and fight harder than any other soldier, you know. Never shall fail my comrades, um, though I be the lone survivor. You know, all those are... So there's a there's a, there's like a... Six stanzas of the Ranger Creed. Okay, so there there are six. You said six. Six stanzas of the Ranger Creed. Okay, it okay. all spells out Ranger. You know. And, okay. Uh, throughout the throughout the Creed, it it just gives you ways to define yourself uh, morally, ethically, um, uh, le- through leadership, um, sacrifice, uh, and we always tell people like, you know, put your tan beret in one hand and put your bad decision in the other and see which one weighs more because if you're living by the creed, like you'll be able to make those decisions better. So what is the difference between an army ranger, a Delta force and a Navy SEAL operator? (laughs) (laughs) I got to hear this. Well, I mean, first off, SEALs need heroes, too. <laughs> what, does <that laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> uh, I've been on a couple of Blackhawks where we needed, they needed our help. Like, so you it. had to go and get them out? Okay. <laughs> they, needed, they don't carry fully automatic weapons, but we do. Okay. But, okay. Uh, um, no, so they're all part of JSOC, the, the uh, Joint Special Operations Command. And um, you have, uh, you know, to be a Delta Force operator you have to go through another set of selection, you know, and, and all kinds of different uh, things and have to meet certain criteria. just, you know, like a ranger, but rangers deploy with each one of those entities. And a Delta Force is what part of the uh, military? It's Army. It's Army. Okay, uh-huh. so they yeah. got Army Delta, Delta Force, then you got the Army Rangers, and then you got uh, Navy SEALs, obviously the yeah. Navy. Right, okay. yeah. Okay. Um they all have more. They all have their specific roles and, and jobs, you know. Um, which I, I'm not liberty to get into those type of specific. Yeah, yeah, jobs, no, you're good. But, you're good. Um, they all have their uh, specific jobs that they do and and requirements. Uh-huh. And uh, one reason I love being a ranger is that you know there's some of these job requirements that we can't do, but there's some of the job requirements that they can't do without us. Got it. So. Got it we're able to be on all of those things as opposed to just being specific to one or two. Okay. Okay. All right. What? I don't know if you can answer this question, but you know, what, what do army Rangers do? Close with and destroy the enemy of the United States of America. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, the, uh, no, like, um, our forte would be, you know, airfield seizures, like uh, under the cover of darkness, okay. uh, taking over airfields. You know, that's what Rangers are known for. You can look that up on YouTube all day. But okay, um, we uh, we're. Um, I know you got to be careful yeah, what you so, say. So you know, say what you can and whatever you can. We're uh, or what? So I you would, guys take over airports. Yeah, you know, airfields. So we can bring in the rest. Bring of Bring our stuff in, right? And so you know, you may have. 
you know, you may have an enemy that actually controls an, an airfield. You go out and you take out that enemy. You control the airfield so you can bring supplies in. And actually, now it's and now it's your airfield. Right. Okay. That's one part of our specific. But uh, I'd say we're somewhat surgical in um, uh, room clearing and. Okay. Um, Do you get the same equipment? Like everybody gets the same equipment. You got the nods and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean the 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 operators in like Delta SEAL Team Six type guys. They get that as special money. Okay. But we do have the best of the best equipment, and we get to try out. You know, if there's a new piece of equipment out. We're going to try it out. We're going to use it for a while. And then if we're like, yeah, this is what the Army needs, yeah. then the Army comes to us and be like, what are you guys doing different that we can pay for and, and supply the rest of the soldiers with to make them as successful as got you it, are? Got so. it, got it, got it. Well, <clears throat> we talked about the creed. Um, we talked about, you know, operation forces like Navy SEALs, things like that. Let, let's get into Let's get into a real story. You know, because, you know, you go out there with your guys, you're leading these guys, you're responsible for these guys' lives, you're, you're going into harm's way. You know, what is a story that you feel comfortable in sharing with the group? And the reason why, with, with the, the audience, the, not the group, I apologize, but the reason why I want to I, I understand you know, in real life, what you end up doing is because then I'm going to start asking you, well, what did you come home with? Mm -hmm. Right. So how how crazy of a story do you have is the first question. And then I'll ask the question after that is what impact did that have on your life? Well, how much time do we have for the show? You know, we have we have all, <laughs> we have all the time in the world. Right. So we're, um, we're not we're not on a time clock here. So uh, I mean, I got a couple, you know, uh Probably, you know, if, if it wasn't for Lowell Ridge and, and me going and getting the help that you know about already that we'll get to, I wouldn't, I don't really, I wouldn't freely talk over him, but, you sure. know, I tell my stories and I tell my, my struggles because I want people to get help. Yeah. And I want them to know that they're not dealing with that alone. So yeah. a couple of ones that, you know, um, really hit home with me, uh, I took a life of a, uh, a 12 year old girl. Okay. Uh, in combat, she had a AK-47 across her chest, moving towards the assault force. That's my job. Did my job. At the time, you know, you just put that mask. Were you like, a sniper or something? Yeah. Okay. And you're like, whatever, you know. Just yeah. Another one notching the belt, you know. You kind of. So, so this 12 year old had a, an AK-47. She was going towards your your guys. Yeah. And 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 it was intentional. She was going there to harm some. Yeah. Yeah, of course she was, but you know, and uh, you don't really react or think about anything other than that's what's going on. Protecting you know? your, yeah. protecting your guys. Um, you know, when I came home, you know, I couldn't hardly t look at my own daughters. Okay, you know, that's what that's that's what happened. Does that still play in your mind? Not as much anymore. I, I had to deal with it. Okay, and how'd you deal you with know, it? I, I, I got therapy. I got help. I found the Lord. Okay. <laughs> you know, amen. All right. Whoop, whoop. Jesus, yeah. right? Amen to that. And, uh, you know, I, uh, not to get into a whole lot of detail, but I beat a dude to death with my bare hands. You know, I lost all my equipment jumping off of a roof onto another roof and my nods fell off and my gun fell out of my holster and it was me and him and fisticuffs. And, uh, okay. um, I kind of, you know, my nods were beating my nose to death, and I was getting butt stroked in the in the chin by my own rifle. And uh -huh. I went to shoot. I went to shoot him, and the he dropped the magazine in my rifle, so I only had one round. And he moved. I missed him, so that was just me and him. Okay. Um, it was your life or his. Yeah, and so we. Uh, so I handled my business, you know, and uh, that I don't I don't know why like I, but that I knew that was fighting for my life, but I I. That really dug deep into me for a long time, you know. Why? Why did it dig deep into you? I've killed a lot of people, and, you know, pulling the trigger is just another, you know, trigger squeeze, you know, yeah. side alignment. You know, that, that's yeah, just yeah. how I got with that. But right. I don't know, like, um, that, I, I don't know if it was the the act or 
It's just something it's about... It's if I was capable of doing something of that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it's just something about using your hands to take somebody's life. Yeah. I, that just is just a whole other level. Yeah, just literally... And it didn't really bother me for a while, uh-huh. you know? Um, when you're young, you're like... Whatever. Yeah, hell yeah, dude, I did that, you yeah. know? And, but, you know, the older I get, the you know, the more I, you know, come into, you know, having feelings and emotions and understanding of sure. myself and... Sure. Um, just, How long did it take you to kind of years. work that out? Years. 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 And who told you to go get help? I mean, you know, because a lot of guys, and look, I'm not in the military again. I don't know. But a lot of guys, I'm sure, struggle with, I don't need help. I was one of those guys. Okay. Why? 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 Well, first, you know, back in the day, uh, it was frowned upon to get help, you know? It was like, like you're weak. Yeah. Right? Oh, you ain't, you're weak. You got to go get help. You got to talk to the psychiatrist. And yeah. guys just said, you know what? I'm not weak. I'm not doing that. Right. And not only that, you you got labeled like, man, this guy's got issues. He can't serve in this position. Oh, he can't do this job. So so it would you know, affect he needs, your he needs job. A, yeah. He needs to take a knee and face out for a while until he gets his life right. And then maybe we can be assessed to do this job again. You know? So So let me ask you this. So... <clears throat> So you guys don't get paid a lot of money, in my opinion, for doing what you do. Okay, but I think there's there's a term called combat pay, right? You get your you get your regular money, and then when you get deployed, you get some extra money. And normally, that extra money kind of gives you over the hump. Mm. And so, if you go and re- and you say, "I need help," you ain't going out and being deployed. You're just getting your regular money, and and that could be a, poverty, a struggle. Is that is that? Am I tracking? Yeah, that extra money is only about five hundred bucks a month. That's it. <laughs> yeah, to go out and depending deploy, on what, depending on what your rank is. You Holy might, moly! Might be an extra seven hundred based on your rank. Wow! But, but that seven hundred or five hundred—that's a big, is a big deal. deal. To, yeah, to a guy not making a bunch of money. Okay, you know, especially if you're deployed for a while and you get tax-free all year long. You know, that's now you're making. You know, if you make seventy grand, you're going to get that seventy grand for the whole year. Got it. Because it's tax-free. Got it. Got it. So, um, so that was why a lot of guys <clears throat> won't go out and get help. Was that one of the reasons why you didn't go out and get help for a long time? Is because, number one, you looked like you were a wimp, and number two, it would affect your money? Yeah, it definitely would have affected my money. And I, I, I didn't join the Army for the money, but I definitely wanted to continue to just drive on as a soldier and a ranger. And um, I didn't want to be stereotyped as he's got issues or, you know, this, that, or the other. So... Just put the mask on and, you know, look tough, be tough, and stay ready. You don't have to get ready and, you know, always try to be in the front, lead from the front and all that. So I just put it down deep and buried it in a little box. And yeah. I was like, I'll, I either A, won't deal with it or I'll deal with it later. And so so if you buried it deep in the box, when did it actually, you know, raise its ugly head? Uh, when things started slowing down for me. Meaning combat. Yeah. So when you when you're out there in combat, you you, you don't even think about it because you're thinking about life. Mm-hmm. But as soon as the combat starts slowing down, now you got to start thinking about your life. Yeah, because I mean, you talk about things moving fast. You know, like uh, in 2010, I lost two of my really good friends, uh, Jay and Ronnie. And how'd you lose them? They got they both got killed in the door same doorway, and uh, as they were going into a house and. Um, they got shot. They Somebody got shot. shot. Yeah, okay. someone shot them, and they. Uh, so I watched that happen, but the mission was, you know, well, they died on the twenty third, so the mission was, you know, the night of the twenty second, and we did the what's called a ramp side ceremony, where you know you fly to Bagram Airfield, they bring them out, and you know their cask, their flag covered caskets, load them on a. C-17 and flying back to America, but uh, we did that the next night, and then the next night we were out on another mission. Really? You know, you don't have time so to there's no time to mourn. process, you know. And, okay. And that's by design, you know. Oh, so that's by design? That's by design. Okay. Because, you know, uh, I will always place a mission first. Okay. I will never accept defeat. Like, okay. Those, that's, those are all, like, the the creeds that, you know, Got it. The, the, the that you live by, and um, if you stop slow down enough to let all that sink in yeah. and you, you're going to lose the focus and uh maybe you know take a chance of losing other people's lives so 
that's by design and it sucks. But then, you know, a few months pass and then you go home. Uh-huh. Uh, and then you realize, you know, you don't have your drinking buddies, you know, go have a beer uh, with and you're, you know. Yeah. Start getting a little depressed. And, yeah. And then it, you know, hits you at once and then. All of a sudden all this stuff starts coming up. Drowned it in alcohol and, okay. you know, bad decisions and. Was that you? That was me. That was you? 100%. Just drinking, 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 trying to su- try suppress to it. Medicate the, the issues? Yeah. And, and then that just compounds into other issues. Into, you know, your family life and. Got it. Uh, marital problems and issues and uh, just not being a good person. Got it. So, so why did you get into the military? Well, I come from a background of military. My br- older brothers were in the military. Okay. Um, How many older brothers you got? Two. Are they still around? Now, my, my oldest brother died of leukemia. Okay. Uh, when I was, when he was 31, I was 23. He's one of the reasons I joined the service. And then my next brother, oldest brother, uh, he retired from the Marine Corps. Okay. <clears throat> so. Uh, Is your oldest brother good in the head? Well, I mean, that's. <laughs> We had two totally different jobs, you know. Okay. He he, uh, he he hasn't seen or done. Okay, he hasn't seen time. the combat that you've done. You've right. seen. Okay. Um, but uh, you know, whenever nine eleven happened, I I was you know. How old were you? I was twenty, I think. Twenty years old, 20. and that's when you decided I'm going in the military. Hey, well, that's what I wanted to do, but I didn't have. Uh, I got kicked out of high school. Okay. I didn't have a GED. I didn't have an. Uh, I didn't have any education. I could, you know, uh, when I took the tab test, uh, I was reading at like a fifth grade level. Wow. So how'd so, you get in? Um, before my brother died, uh, he told me, you can do anything you put your mind to and don't let the old man keep you from that. Old man, who's that? My dad. Okay. So your daddy was a knucklehead. Yeah. Okay. And he's like, no matter you know what anybody else says, whatever you put your mind and heart to, you'll be able to do. I believe you. I so believe you me. went out and got your GED. So I went out, uh, got my GED. Uh, took me a couple tries, but I got her figured <laughs> you out. Got it. You got it. And then uh, um, when I got in to try to get into the army, the ASVAB, you know, is almost all mathematical stuff. And it's, ASVAB. What the heck is that? It's um ap- an aptitude test. Okay, so you got to take a math test to get into the army. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Holy moly! Um, they don't just take anybody. No, you have to, you have to pass, you have to score a certain level on it. Okay, know, and all that. Um, and then you have to have different line scores to to do certain jobs in the army. So, uh, so how did you get past all these tests? So you you're reading at a fifth grade level. You didn't get your, you didn't graduate high school, so you you left high school. You went and got your GED. You started taking these tests. A GED, you know, if you look back, it's really not that difficult to get. Mm-hmm. But now you're taking these mathematical tests. How did you pass? Um, my first wife, she's uh, she was very book smart, and okay. savvy, and she uh she tutored you she tutored me all through it you okay know, she helped she helped me get into the you know pass all those tests and stuff and was it a grind it was a miserable grind <laughs> <laughs> it was a miserable grind it was like cramming 12 years of education into you know three four five months got it um when you passed though what did you feel like i felt like i could do it felt like somebody huh i felt like i you know i was like I'm not, you know, um, I, I have what I call my red lines, um, which I've worked on a lot in my counseling over the last few years. But what's um, by red lines? What is that? My red lines is like, you know, somebody calling me dumb, stupid, retarded, oh, an idiot. Does that you trigger know? you? It used to. Used to trigger you. So yeah. trigger was trigger anger. Oh yeah. Instantly. Oh, I'm gonna smash you. Like we're going at fisticuffs, bro. Okay. okay. <laughs> we're throwing blows. <laughs> okay. Cause that, you know, that's how. Cause you always, everybody a, would bully you like that's that, all, right? Yeah, that's all I heard growing up. Everybody you know? was just pushing you down, pushing you down, pushing yeah. you down. Okay. Um, and then, you know, I, I, be, I got my black belt. I became a boxer. I did kickboxing, blue belt and jujitsu. Like I, I was like, dude, talk about me and see what happened. You know what I mean? So like, you're like, you know. Bully me again. <laughs> okay. You know? I went from 140 to 210 pounds. You know what I mean? Like, okay. I'm like not being bullied in that area again. Okay. So those are like red lines for me. And um, it felt good to me when I passed all those things. 
and was able to like start seeing success in my life. Yeah. Uh, that pushed you really hard, right? To yeah, be the best. Like I can do this. Yeah. Um, so it's a mental thing. It, for me, it was. I mean, you know, I, I think this is a, a huge thing. So I have this rubber band, right? We talked about mm-hmm. it. And so I, I snap it. And, you know, it doesn't feel good when I snap it. But I do that to train my mind, right? Mm. Because my mind is a very powerful thing. My mind can tell me I'm a failure, even though I'm a CEO and president of this company. And, you know, our lifestyle is amazing by the grace of God. But I could wake up in the morning and, and, and my mind can tell me, oh, you're old. Mm. You're tired. When is this going to stop? All of a sudden, I can feel like a victim. So I got to snap this thing and go, shut up. You're, you're not going to control me. My mind is going to do what I tell it to do, and my body's going to follow. Was that something that you kind of were starting to figure out? Yeah, because um, <clears throat> I had listened to everybody my whole life about okay. what my worth. You know, I let them define what my worth was. Okay. So I started finding that in myself a little bit better. Okay. Um, and... Jesus has always been in my life, but I haven't always kept my eyes on him. Okay. Throughout my whole career and like the little things he says, like I, I, looking back and reflecting, like I can see like. His hand. I got, yeah. I his got hand me. on you. You know, and. Uh, I mean, you survived combat. Uh, unbelievable. How uh, many, how many people can say I did this, 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 this. I had bullets flying. I was doing this, I was doing that, and they you come home. Unscathed for the most part. Right? I mean, you broke some bones and whatever. Mentally. Yeah, mentally. You, you, you're ment- you know, your mental, your mind is, but you came home, you yeah. know what I mean? And, and and that's only by the grace of God. Amen. And, uh, you know, I've taken time to reflect on that, you know, the last probably year. Okay. Um, and I... I just wouldn't be where I'm, where I am without, you know, good mentors in my life. I'm thinking I have you now as a, a new mentor, and, God. And, and Ruth and Dave and um, my beautiful wife. You know, like recently married, just came back from a honeymoon. Congratulations! Yeah, thank you, huh? thank you. I think she, you only known it for like eight months, eight months, <laughs> and then put a ring on it. She's way out of my class, bro. <laughs> she is way out of my. <laughs> she's she's amazing. You know, like. Um, I told her in my vows, I wrote my own vows to her. I told yeah. her like, you know, uh, she has brought out the best in me. And she met me in the, at, towards the end of the worst time of my life. I just came out of uh, a 30-day rehab for, you know. Um, and she still wanted you. And, and she's like, you, she, she has the purest heart, Ed. I'm, yeah. I'm, it's, it's just amazing. What's her name? Kirsten. Kirsten. He's a purest heart. And in my, uh, I'm not going to cry, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> in my vows to her, you know, it was like her her sweetness and her purity, totally opposite of what I was used to in my relationships. Yeah. Completely opposite. Yeah. And uh, her calmness, she just has this calmness about her. She's so loving and trusting and her sweet heart and like, has literally like made me feel like, that's okay to just be yourself. Yeah. And you, you know, don't have to be the Superman be, all the time. Yeah. And she's, she's like, I just love you for you. Like I, I, all these other things that you've done is so amazing. I'm proud of you, but yeah, like they, everybody else gets to see like the big, strong Jason protectors. Like, but I get to see the teddy bear. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, uh, and you feel comfortable, so comfortable. In, in showing that to her, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, identity for a man is a big deal, mm-hmm. right? If you don't have an identity that really don't have any purpose. And on my identity, on the identity thing, like I, I when I left the Range Regiment, I felt like I lost my entire identity. That I, and, and you know what? And it totally makes sense, right? Now, who am I? Yeah. Right? You go home. This is what I was. Now, who am I? Who am I? And, and you don't you don't know. And I felt like I lost, like, your life. My life. You your know? life was over. I'd went through a divorce. Um, I let the sending for the Ranger Regiment, you know. I, I was, I just left that. And I was literally, like, like 
just the brakes completely put on everything that I had put my life into. Yeah. Was over. Was gone. Was over. What what caused you to leave the military? What was it <clears throat> you just got old, you couldn't do it anymore, you just it was you know, were done with it. Why did you leave the military? Because you obviously you could probably still be in it if you chose to. Uh you know, honestly like honestly like I was just mentally drained from it. Huh. What does that mean? Mentally drained from it. Because I, I here's what I gotta do. I gotta I'm hoping that you got some brothers out there that are gonna watch this. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I'm going to dig into terms that you say, because mentally draining, I'm mentally drained. When I leave this office, I'm mentally drained. But it's not the same mentally drained as what you may be thinking. Right. So what does that mean? You know, uh, when I go to work, you know, put my uniform on or go to the field, like go out and train or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't say like, I wouldn't call them flashbacks. I would just call them like remembering. Remembering what? Like my brothers, you know, or some Got of the it. bad things I've been through. I'd be like, what? You know, when I first joined the army and then all the way through, you know, to the last few years, like I felt like everything we did had a purpose. Everything we did was for something. Yeah. You know, and then it went from believing in that to like, you know, uh, uh, not feeling supported by our own country. Really? Because of the current times? Because of the current times. Um, that is insane. And, you know, I, uh, and I, I got to a point, you know, for a little while there where I was like, what the hell am I doing? Giving my life for this yeah. country and this country don't even want me. Right. Or, or they don't even appreciate what right. I've done. They don't appreciate. You know, you got people burning the flag, pissing yeah. on the flag. You know, you got people don't thinking that the, the rights of your fighting are even worth fighting anymore. So you're out there going, well, why am I fighting? Right. Here, you go and do it. You go fight. Because <laughs> I'm like, because, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not, you know, I, I try to be the most humble dude there sure. is. I, I don't. Yeah, you don't, you know, I know, you know, the little like time a, I've known you, you're not, you know, you don't puff out your chest or nothing, but you know your stuff. Yeah, and pat on the backs and, you know, thank you for your service. Yeah. That still kind of makes me a little, you know, uneasy. Uneasy, okay. but um, I just, I stopped losing purpose in the support of like, for the mission, for the country, if you will. Yeah. There always had a purpose, you know, freedom is a free, and I, if, Something else busted out, you know. I was wanted to be the guy, to be there to, to, to take out head on. But, um, and it became more of, it's more about the men to my left and right. So okay, so before it was, let me let me let me defend my country. Mm-hmm. Then the country started changing, and now you're like, okay, well, it's about the guys that are around me. I got to make sure they get home. Right. And that was your purpose. And seeing how hard they train and how hard they fight, like, right. just made me want to lead them even more or got be it. a part of that organization more. And, um, you know, the, the the farther along I went, like, I was, you know, the less, everything just became a burden. Like, so you're like, I'm, I'm done. I'm like, I'm over it. I'm like, done. So you, so you get out of the Army... When did you hit rock bottom? What 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 was that event that said I'm at the lowest point of my life ever? Well, I went through my divorce. Okay. Did you um, love her? Well, I or put were my, you were you in love with her? I think I lusted her. Got it. You know, yeah, that's a whole different ball. That's game. a whole different ball game. Yeah. Because um, instead of finding my own identity myself, I put it in her. Okay. You know, and so she was everything. Yeah. I, so I thought. You know, I put that out. She wasn't, but she was because I, um, just because I felt like I was just being a family man and doing those things and all that. And then when I went through my divorce. Um, I went How long through, ago was that? Uh, a little over a year now. Okay, so you've um, been divorced almost a year. And then, uh, so the divorce, leaving the regiment, and then throughout the divorce, like, I was, you know, homeless. 
Like last March, what does that mean homeless? Last March, I was homeless. I, I, I would shower in my truck, shower at work, sleep in my truck sometimes, stay at a buddy's house, sleep in my office. Because I, when I was going through divorce, I gave uh, my wife, my ex wife, and my, the kids had the house. Okay. Um, and I was paying for all of the bills at the house. And, and so you didn't have enough money to pay for your own little for place. My own little place until, uh, I got a an apartment, one of the old apartments on post that <clears throat> was didn't take all your BAH, you know, which, which money they allow you for housing. Yeah. Um, was so, that somebody help you with that? Somebody yeah, pulled some strings for you or something yeah, like that. One of my buddies pulled pulled a few strings and got me a, a cheap apartment on post. Okay. Um, and so, when you were homeless, I mean, because there's a lot of guys out there right now that are homeless. Some of these poor guys that are cuckoo that we see walking around, we all think maybe they're just drug addicts and that's how they want to live. But we don't know what these poor homeless people are going through. I promise you, a ton of them, a lot of them have to be vets. Mm -hmm. So you were homeless. Why are you not cuckoo? Why are you not walking around out there with poop in your pockets, talking to yourself? Why aren't you that guy? Well, <clears throat> when I was growing up, you know, I dealt with a lot of like uh, alcohol abuse, and you know, there, you know, younger in my younger years, some drug stuff, and from your family, from, from your family. mom and your dad, and things yeah. Like that. And I, I did not. I've never. I mean, I drank obviously, but I, I never got into like the drugs. So and, you said to yourself, "I'm never going to do that. Never gonna ever going to do that." Gonna do that. Mm-hmm. And you, and you think, and you believe that's what. Yeah, you were homeless, but you were homeless because of the economic pressure. You weren't homeless because you were nuts. Right. Okay. And when I uh when I hit rock bottom, you know, what, I was What does that look like? Paint that picture. I want you to paint the picture of rock bottom. So, I'm going to help you. Mm-hmm. You wake up in the morning. You're in your truck. Right? What does that look like? What is that routine? What does that feel like? The one thing that helped me when I before I got my little apartment was I would go get my kids for dinner. And then I started spending all my savings, you know, taking my kids to dinner every night. Um, so we'd go to the park. You know, so, that, so that would show, that would make you feel a little bit normal just yeah. for that period of time. Didn't matter. I woke up in, in, I woke up in the morning. I'm sleeping in my truck. But you had something to look forward to, right? Tonight, I'm taking my kids out to dinner. I don't care what it costs. I'm right. going to go get a shower. I'm put some clean clothes on, and I'm going to go get my babies. Yeah. And I tried to, they, they never, they, they just thought I had an apartment. They, they never knew. They never knew. Any different. They never knew. Um, is, that, is, 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 is that because you said to yourself when you were a young kid, you saw so much stupid stuff that your parents did that you said, I am never taking my kids mm-hmm. through that stuff? I'm breaking that chain. You're breaking that chain. Yeah. That's a big deal. And uh, so <clears throat> they, you know, I, I did the whole sleeping in my truck for a few months and, and showering at what work. What did that and, feel like, though? I mean, I, I want to know, what did that feel like? Like, a, I, you know, so many times, you know, or I'd sleep in my buddy's house or wherever I was at, I would say, you know, I'd be like, how in the hell am I a first sergeant in the 75th Ranger Regiment? I have no money. I, I'm divorced, you know, I'm sleeping in my truck, bumming off a couch, you know, like sleeping in my office couch. Like, were you hopeless? Like, I was like, this is where, how, what, what is up from here? Because it, because this couldn't get any worse. So you were, you were in a deep black hole and you didn't know how you were going to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Would, were you depressed all the time? All the time. So when I got my apartment, uh, I only had a futon. Okay. And that was it. So, uh, that Alan Jackson song, the stark naked light bulb, like that's not, you know how many times I've heard that song in my apartment, but, um, it got where, you know, I'd go home to my apartment and sit on my futon that my buddy gave me. He had an extra couch and I would look at my pistol every night. Really? And you would look at your pistol every night, and what would you be thinking? I'd be like, that's the easy way out. If I take that way out, my kids get X amount of dollars, so they'll be taken care of, and 
they don't have to see a dad as a failure. Wow, man. <laughs> Every night. <clears throat> In your heart, though, I got to believe there was a small voice talking to you that kept you from doing that. Well, <clears throat> it's good, brother. Let's go. Um, Tears are good. Grown man cry, brother. I just want to let you know that. I'm a cry. I don't even care. But if you got to get some tears here, you a grown man, dude. You are, you are a conqueror. You're a warrior. You're a fighter. You're a child of the most high God. So it's okay, man. Because your brothers need this. Um, I had a counselor one time tell me that when you get in the, the lowest point, think of the happiest time in your life. I didn't have any happy times, you know? Yeah. And uh, there's a snapshot. My youngest daughter, Peyton, was um, maybe nine months old around Christmas time. And uh, mom had fed her. She couldn't get her to go to sleep. Uh-huh. And I was off work. So I just picked her up and I was like, I'll take her out here. You can go to sleep. <clears throat> and I set her in my rocking chair. The Christmas tree's on. Fireplace. I'm just rocking her. And I look at her. She's wide awake. But she's just quiet as a mouse. Staring at me. And I just took that snapshot. And that became like... My why. Okay. And um, every time I would get close, I'd just see that picture of... Uh, <laughs> yeah, you got me tearing up too. Boy. Um, I tell her she's my saving grace. Yeah. <laughs> um, and... Uh, I just kept fighting it and fighting it and fighting it and the divorce got worse. My money got worse. And uh, I got up, put my uniform on one morning and went to work. You were a police officer at this time? No, I was, I was still in the Army. You're still in the Army, okay. And... Uh, I was out of gas. I didn't have any money for gas. I'm like, this is the end, man. You know? Yeah. And you can uh, only take so much. So what turned it around? Well, I went home and put that gun in my mouth and pulled the trigger. It didn't fire? And it went click. Wow. Yeah. Dave has the bullet. Dave has the bullet? Mm-hmm. And holy moly, I didn't even know this. And uh, at that moment, like, I was like, you got, you know, I saw that picture of my baby again. And I didn't have a place to go. The only place I knew is home for me, home in my heart, home in my life thus far was the Ranger Regiment. And I tell this whole story because this to tell you how good God is. I went to the, the nurse case manager's office. She was just walking out to her car to go home for the day. And, uh, Teresa Ariel is her name. Amazing woman. And she helped save my life. She wouldn't have been there a day. I, probably, I would, made it in my mind. I was just going to go home and re-rack another round and send it. And I walked up to Teresa and I just fell apart. And what did she do for you? She just sat there and listened? She put me in her truck. She called uh, Lieutenant Colonel Simonette counselor 
She's just an amazing woman. She's still checks on me. Does she? Um, they never left my side until I got until I went to Little Ridge, and the backstory to that is. Teresa didn't tell me this until after, but she had a dentist appointment and she was supposed to leave work that day at like one o'clock. Uh-huh. And work had just piled up on her so much and she never cancels appointments, but she's like, I got to cancel this appointment. You know, I'm not going to be able to make it. I got all this that work to do. And then two hours later, I showed up and she wouldn't even have been there. Wow, man. And she said she went home and told her husband that day, you know, like, you know, I never cancel appointments, but if it wasn't for God today, Jason might not be here because I would have canceled that appointment. I wouldn't have canceled that appointment. So so you see the grace and the hand of God on your life. The bullet doesn't fire. You go and you see this lady. She's going home. She never cancels appointment, but just for some reason, she ends up canceling the appointment. She's there. You talk to her. She never leaves your side, and you're here today. Amen. That, that, that's amazing. So when I met you, you know, I was going out to Alabama, right? Our friend Marcus, right, who uh, trains limitless canines, right? So I, I, I got a dog from him. And so we're going to Alabama, right, to go do some training. Right with the dog and some some gun training, and 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 Marcus was telling me, oh, you know, AD, right? You know, Anthony, mm-hmm. you know, you talked about it, but I I really didn't know you. I didn't hear about you or nothing like that. So you show up, but you almost didn't show up. I almost didn't show up. Yeah. Why? Tell me that. Tell me what happened there. You know, like uh, I knew you guys were coming, and it was you know it's hour forty minute drive for me from my house to the ranch and. Um, I had, I was working as a police officer, uh, in the jail. Um, and I had to drive to, so I, I had a late night that the night before, and then I had to be at Fort Benning to go do army stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, I'm working on getting out of the army, uh, the next morning at, you know, like eight o'clock or whatever, <clears throat> seven thirty, seven o'clock actually. So I was like, I got to drive all the way out there to the ranch. Hard telling how long I'm going to be out there training. And it's another two-hour drive back. Then I got to shower, get ready, and go and drive two and a half hours to Fort Benning tomorrow. Like, And I, I text Marcus, and I was like, hey, bro, you still need me for today? This is early in the morning. Yeah. And uh, he's like, because the day before, he's like, Anthony's going to be here too. And I was like, well, he Anthony can handle it. Yeah. You know, um, and I won't, that way I don't have to drive all the way out there. Right. So uh, I text Marcus that, uh, early that morning and he's like, yeah, man, come on out. I'd love for you to meet uh, Ed and Darian, you know, and, and let them, you know, get to see you help train. And just, uh, I was like, I don't want to let Marcus down. Yeah. You know, so I was like, all right. Well, I was like, oh, I'll be there in a, in a couple of hours because, you know, it took me to drive there. And then that, You've been a blessing in my life ever since, brother. <laughs> you so, so, so you drive up, right? You got Havoc, right? Which is Avor, my dog's uncle. And we do some training, right? But you didn't look happy, bro. Mm. You didn't look happy. Weighted heavy. Yeah. You looked, I was like, what's up with this guy? You know? And then I think we were having dinner, right? So, so Anthony, right? Um, uh, Navy SEAL guy, he's cooking some steaks, right, in that green egg, right? Because yeah. I got tired of eating that. Look, hey, Alabama, got some great barbecue, but I'm from California, bro. I thought I was going to have a heart attack with all that grease. So I was like, I can't eat this food anymore, man. I'm feeling like crap. So we finally get some steaks, right? And Anthony's making these steaks in this green egg thing. And he made some onions, dude, like out of this world, right? Yeah. Right, Darian? Was those onions bomb? <laughs> I mean, I never had onions like that in my life. I was like, dang, I need some more of these onions. I got to get that recipe. You know, I don't have Anthony's number, so you got to text him for me. Anthony, how we made those onions. 
And we're eating, right? And the food is so good after eating all these stinking mac and cheese and sweet <laughs> tea. And, you know, you, you just asked me, they don't have no sweet tea here? I'm like, dude, that's a heart attack, bro. We don't have sweet tea here in California. Three cups to every gallon. I'm like, oh, my God. Right? So we're eating all this food. And we start talking about God. Right? We start talking about God. And... That's the first time, you know, I kind of realized, okay, this guy believes in Jesus, right? And, you know, you're, you're an owner, right? You're, you're an equity owner in a ranch called Legacy Ranch, right? And Legacy Ranch is putting this thing together over there in Fayette, Alabama, right, for, for training and this and that and all this other stuff. But my wife was having issues, Right, So when you get on camera and TV and shows and you got money and this and all that other stuff, my wife is an author. She writes books. She goes in public speaking. And she almost, she's been you know, almost kidnapped for sex trafficking and roofied and this and that. And a lot of stuff happens to her when I'm not around because then I handle my business, right? I, I'm not you, but I will shoot a fool if I, if I have to. Amen. Sorry. <laughs> uh, to protect my family. And we got to know you, right? And like, hey, you know, Jason, I, we need help. I need, I need my wife protected because my wife hasn't felt safe ever since that event happened in Vegas at the wind when a couple guys almost escorted her into a van and knew her name and almost took her from us. Mm. So it became very serious, right? We started spending money on, 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 a, on a security dog and all our house and... And we, we said, hey, Jason, you know, can you help us? Tell me a little bit about when we approached you, what was going through your mind, and where are you, where are you today? <laughs> uh, you know, I remember that. You know, I was like, when you said, you know, talked about that, I was like, I, I, can, do, I can go to D.C. with her for a little while if you want, you know? Um, I thought it was like a one-time opportunity, you know? And I yeah, was, oh, let me explain. So my wife was going to D.C. with my little one, right, 14 years old, and she was worried, mm -hmm. right? And you said, hey, I'll help her with that D.C. trip, so go ahead. Yeah, so I was like, well, D.C. ain't, ain't you know, far from her, so I'll, uh, I can go up there for a few days with Havoc and so she can relax and have a good time. Um, I really enjoy my time with you and Darian, and I was like, I'm, I'm sure Miss Ruth's probably just as sweet as they are. So, uh, yeah, you're like, yeah, let's do it. And so, I at first I assumed I was like this because you know I was getting ready to go to the police academy. Yeah. So uh, I was like, it's probably just a one-time gig, and you know, make a little extra side money and um, be thankful for it. You know, yeah. What a blessing. Definitely at the time because I was paying for a wedding. You know, my wife was moving from uh, PA. PA, and so you know, I was like, "Yeah, definitely, this will definitely help us out." Because literally, I don't know if you know this or not, but Kirsten moved to uh, Alabama, like let's call it a Monday, and then I went to help Miss Ruth like the next Monday. So she's been in Alabama a week and then I left for a week. Oh shoot. Oh shoot. <laughs> but I tell her I was like, man, this gonna this is a you know a good gig for us. This will help us out like yeah, yeah, eventually. Yeah. So yeah. um then uh you know uh, me and Miss Ruth just, you know, had a had a connection, you know, like she enjoyed my company and felt safe, which yeah. uh gave me a sense of purpose, you know, and I was like, that's good. I like, you know, I'm glad that I'm able to provide this for her. And what kind of encounter did you have with God when you were with my wife? She, look. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, let's go, baby. Let's go. I want to know the encounter, look, look, big boy. Let's so, do this. Um, you know, so Mr. It's really quiet at first because she, <laughs> she can read you like a book. Bro. Oh, yeah. And uh, um, so... You know, we started talking, you know, she'd tell me a little bit about yourself or tell me this or whatever. And she'd be like, she was telling me things, dude, that I hadn't even said yet about my life. Freaking you out, huh? Dude, just bringing tears, bro. Yeah. I'm like, I'm supposed to be your security guard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, uh, 
it was just a, a, a blessing. Like I'm, I'd be, I'd be telling Kirsten, like, dude, I didn't say, I didn't say anything to her. She's telling me these like about my childhood, or she's telling me this about you know my marriage and my ex-wife. This and that. I was like, what? And I was like, this woman hadn't been touched, you know, by the hand. Did that? Did that? Did that take you to another level when it's when you when when it came to God? Like you knew you knew about God, right? You mm-hmm. had somewhat of a relationship with God, but. To know that God loved you so much and that he pointed you out from all the people on this earth and said, Jason, come with me. Amen. I'm going to show you <laughs> how much I love you. Did you feel that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, just to get the offer to continue to serve, you know, uh, for you and 1031 and Ruth, you know, was, was another like, next level blessing you know i was like what's going on so what did we do so what did we do so we said so we said you know what 1031 crowdfunding is going to the moon right so all of us in this room right now we've got an audience whoop, whoop, uh all got their spacesuits on right now you got one because you're going to the moon <laughs> right so we figured we're going to go to the moon right and this is just going to get bigger bigger and bigger so you told me you were security for the U.S. diplomat of what country? The ambassador of Syria. The ambassador of Syria. That's no joke, right? So you, that's high level stuff. <laughs> so I said, crap, this guy's no joke. You know, he's a great guy. We need security, right? So what's your title? <laughs> I want to know what's the title. What's the title for 1031 Crowdfunding? Director of Security Operations. What does that mean? <laughs> um, I don't know. We're going to figure that one out. No. Uh, it means to me, like, I sent, it's funny, I, I uh, took a picture of my email signature. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got his own 1031 Crowdfunding email, right? I sent it to. You got your own office. You know, you, you it has a balcony and a you and got a balcony a, with a, a, a golf button green button on green on there. <laughs> what? what what? A year ago, bro, you were homeless, mm. and in a year, you now have experienced eating at fine restaurants. Amen to that. Right? How's that steak? Right? I know. I was like, <laughs> what the heck? This guy puts it down. Right? We're doing that tonight, by the way. Amen. Right? Private plane. Wow. Cabo. What? <laughs> right? I mean, have you have you ever thought, did you ever think that God could exalt you to a level where you hanging out with the baller ballers? Negative. You know, I, I like I said in the beginning, little pictures that I can see look back and see like God was there. Over the last year and after, you know, that suicide attempt, it was like God wrenched into my life and was like, bro, let me show you how much purpose I have for you. And anything I do, any podcast I'm on, everybody I talk to, when people are like, how do you, how'd you deal with this? Or what about this? I was like, Lord loves me, man. I was like, Jesus saved me. More than just once. What advice would you give after everything you've been through and where you are today? Because your life is on a roller coaster, brother. Amen. You know what I'm saying? And it's exciting. Mm. What advice would you give to your brothers out there that are going through what you went through? Jesus is hope. You know, uh, have faith in the Lord. Give your problems over to him. Um, uh, trust and believe. You know, and uh, whenever Peter walked on the water, I was telling Miss Ruth this last night on our, when we were exercising. I heard a little sermon about how they were going through the storm. Mm-hmm. And prior to that, Jesus told him, I'll meet you on the other side. I'll meet you at the city. You know, he didn't say, I'll meet you 
as long as there's no storm. Yeah. I'll meet you if it's smooth sailing. Yeah. See, I'll meet you on the other side. Jesus knew they were going to be there. Yeah. He knew there was going to be a storm, but he knew they were going to get through it. Yeah. And That's good, man. I, He knew I was going to be here. And he knew there's going to be storms in my life to get through. Uh-huh. But he said, I'll see you over there because he knows the ending. <laughs> that's so and, that's so good. Uh, you know, I, I've had some long just pouring it out. Yeah. And the more I pour out, the more he pours in. And I feel blessed. Do you think, and this is, you know, this is just a spontaneous thing, bro, but do you think someday, along with Legacy Ranch, that we can create some type of nonprofit organization and get your brothers to the point to where there's hope? Oh, man, that would be a dream. You know what I mean? Amen. Yeah. Right? I mean, because you can't take what you have and bottle it up, right? Mm-hmm. We got to put it in a bottle. So other people can drink it, right? Because yeah. how many guys out there right now? Because, you know, it's easy to say, you know, the, 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 the language that we use when, we're, when we are lovers of Jesus is hard to comprehend when you're in the middle of the storm. Mm. It's hard to say, to believe, trust. He's there with you. When you ain't got no food, when you're living in the streets, when people are talking about you, when you you got no support. So how do we get those guys hope? Because I could preach all day long, but if I can't, but I can't supply you a bed to put your head on, what good is it? If I can't supply you with a job so you can feel like you're a man and have an identity, what good is it? Mm -hmm. So I I think, you you know, as we continue to do these shows, I think one day we'll have a podcast launching the nonprofit Absolutely. that you're going to be the head of <laughs> to help your brothers come out of darkness, right? Amen. I think that's going to be a really cool thing, you know? You know, I, and, and so, Jason, you know, we'll close with this, man. <clears throat> it's an honor to have you part of our organization. It's an honor to see what God is doing with you and your family. I remember you sending me a picture of your, your wife buying a new Bronco. Amen. Who, who would have thought, right, that how good God is. And so I wanted to say thank you, man, for being a part of this organization, being a part of our family. I'm so excited to see what God is going to do and continue to do in your life and how he's going to use you to help your brother. So I want to say thank you so much for your service. Thank you for being the best part of 1031 crowdfunding. Until till next time, brother. Hey, thank you for having me. And uh, you're a blessing. Your whole family's a blessing. And my family's blessed to be a part of your guys' family now. Thank you so much for that. You're so welcome, brother. Thank you so much for being here, man. Thanks, All right, bro.